Welcome to the Sages Among Us. The Sierra Nevadas are richly endowed with people who devote countless hours and immense energy to making our community better. They're the true gold of our region. The Center for Nonprofit Leadership of the Sierra sponsored some unique and original research into who these people are and why they generously provide so much positive leadership to the community. This show is based on that research, and today we're going to hear the personal story of one such individual, find out what he contributes to our quality of life. I'm Keith Porter, and my guest today is Mikhail Graham, a slightly weird and completely wonderful guy with connections to many, many good things in the community. We're going to use the next 30 minutes to learn all about what he does and why he does it. So, Mikhail, welcome to the other microphone on the Sages Among Us. <laughs> Great to be here, Keith. Thanks for having me. <laughs> you bet. We're going to talk about your professional work and your community involvement and all about your involvement in, with KVMR a bit later. But I want to start with talking a little bit more about you, and uh, I'll actually start by letting our audience in on a few secrets about your Uh background. Uh, I understand your family roots in this community go back to 1849. That's practically the beginning, right? Yeah, about 1850, 1851, according to the historians and the uh, family. But yeah, right in that area. Right in that area. Uh, You're the executive producer of The Other Side on KVMR. You are the host and producer of The Good News, which is uh, something we all need more of. I've heard you on The Beer Show. I know you do that one. You're a professional musician. You're a producer and mixing engineer for numerous independent regional artists, including uh, our composer Terry Riley, our local gym. Uh, You produce the annual Weekend of Giving benefit for the Hospitality House Shelter in uh, in December at the holiday time. Uh, You're a beta tester, a consultant tech evangelist. You co-manage Cooper's Nightclub. You are the uh, sound guy and technician all around for the Center for the Arts in Grass Valley. And I don't know, lots of other things. You've got a Mm. bachelor's and a master's of music (laughs) in Planet Earth School of Life. (laughs) We're going to find out more about that as we go. And I know you've been on the board of uh, Hospitality House now or few, yeah actually uh, just about a year now okay yeah. and you've been on the board of kvmr and obviously yeah. uh, essentially an institution here and you're a mac canic i'm a mac canic incredible incredible yeah. it was easier than being a the other one because i tried it and my hands didn't like the grease so really okay so do your hands like the solder and the um, there are moments you know <laughs> Sometimes I'd like to get back under the car, but I'm not going to, so... <clears throat> All right, so here's my big question. Uh-oh. Whence the name? Mikhail. Now, that sounds like you ought to be... You have a Russian extraction Well, or that's... that's that's. I, how should I say this gently? Uh, most people in the West don't understand that Mikhail, which is the M-I-K-H-A-I-L, is a Slavic name, more akin to Russia and... Far Eastern uh, countries, it's all derivative of the name Michael. Uh, Mikhail is a Celtic name. All right. So, without the H. So, Mikhail is what Barishnikov and, of course, Gorbachev and all the ones everyone knows have been dealing with that most of my life. Uh, but it's a Celtic name, actually. So tell us a bit more about your growing up life in Nevada County. You've, you've hinted a few things there already, but what was your family life like, siblings? Uh, what kind of a kid were you? Um, I was a, a precocious kind of kid. I was kind of a loner. Um, I was shy, um, which I still kind of have, but I've learned how to perform, as it were, as uh, we two were talking off mic. My family were um, <clears throat> ranchers, uh, also known as to some parts of the community as rednecks, uh, loggers. Uh, I was chased up and down the street with sheep shears by one of my uncles at one point. Um, it was a pretty rough life. Uh, uh, there's pictures, if you want to see them, on my website of the cattle drives I used to go on. 
you know, I was a cowboy in a, I don't know, more of an avant-garde sort of artist sort of uh, a persona or something. I don't know. I just always liked the weird stuff out there. Well, somehow uh, <clears throat> this persona came out of all of that. So yeah, I don't we're know. We're glad that it did. I, you know, it's I'm just, glad you escaped it, the sheep shears. It is what it is. There was a lot of us here in Nevada City that grew up in a strange little, it was like a little hobbit community uh, before the freeway days. And we were kind of uh, uh, secluded, but yet we were aware of certain things. And I had a lot of great mentors, a lot of uh, great artists around me that uh, inspired me and who I aspired to be anywhere in within their company. So I understand you broke your leg as a kid one time, and you got, a, you got a guitar, and that kindled your interest in music? Is I'd that actually accurate? gotten the guitar first. I first started out on the piano. I wanted to, uh, to play the drums. Drums were too loud. The bass uh, was too costly. My mother wanted me to play saxophone, so in school I was playing saxophone. Uh, she wanted me to be Boots Randolph. So I got a, a funky guitar, was taking lessons from Sanders Music for about a month and realized that lessons weren't for me when I found the chord chart on the back of the book and realized that if I put my fingers in all these different positions, I could make these different voicings. The rest of it was uh, just, it was always something that was intuitive for me, so I never really had to work at it. Got so it, you know. self-taught, I guess, is the I'm word, I'm very right? self-taught. I have yeah. a good ear, thankfully. So why is music important to you? Do you think it's genetic? It's something you inherited, or is it something I definitely that didn't inherit it. My, I, I heard rumors that my father played the violin. He would never admit to it or tell me. Uh, the rest of my family, is, I wouldn't call them tone deaf, but I would say that they're not very musically inclined uh, to carry a tune or anything. For me, if I hadn't have had music, I don't know if I would still be here on the planet. It was something that grounded me, that gave me purpose, that gave me clarity, gave me connection, gave me a way to escape the shyness of who I was when I was younger. And it also is like this divine gift from above that just I can't get enough of. It brings tears to my eyes. It makes me uh, lustful and excited. Uh, it's just I, you know, it's just fantastic. I love sound. I yeah, always for, have. For, for me, my way of expressing is it connects me to the universe. There you go. Yeah. harmonies of the universe. Some people do other yeah. things to connect it, but that's what I do. So I'm guessing from the way you described your early experiences, uh, there wasn't a huge culture in your family of community service. That wasn't a big value. No, my grandfather was a odd fellow. I've uh, continued in that mode. I'm also an odd fellow, but I'm, I'm, I'm out of, I need to, haven't paid my dues for a few years now. But, uh, yeah, there really wasn't about community service within the family that I know of. Nobody was against it, but nobody was looking for it either. So you were one of the original broadcasters on KVMR when it was founded 40 years ago in 1978. And I have it uh, on good authority that you are the last man standing, last person standing of the original broadcaster. So you're the last one here. Is that correct? Well, I'd say when you say standing here at the station. Still broadcasting. Yes, yeah, still broadcasting. Yes, I am. Um, the first one, actually, for me, it's f almost 41 years. In September of 1977, myself, Lee Amundsen, who was the visionary that created the radio station, is forgotten more often than not, along with David Osborne and Charles Woods and Jimma Abbott and I all met. David and Charles called me. And so I came down and they were talking about this radio station. And I met Lee and I met Jimma. And we thought, I th said, this is great. I mean, wow, a radio station? Are you kidding? I mean, I'm, I'm a musician. I would love to do this. Yeah, let's do it. 
And then I kind of took off to Seattle for some months. And when I came back, it was all in full swing. And we went on the air, as you know, in July of 1978, my first show being the first Sunday of August in 1978. And I've been on the air in one form or another since. Gemma and Bobby Angel would be the other two probably from there. Haphazard showed up uh, a little bit after all of that. Uh, Laura Miller, a few others. But yeah, I'm the last one of that original crew. So you like KVMR? You know, I was talking about it last night on the other side about how much I love this station. And I've had my moments, just like with Nevada City, where it ebbs and flows. But nobody knew when we started this it would continue. we would be here all these years later. And, yeah, I love it. I, have a, I just feel uh, so blessed to be a part of this and that we have this opportunity to share with people, you yeah. know, what we do. Well, I'm a newcomer and, and re- relative to you by a long shot, but uh, I certainly agree with you. KVMR is really important, and this is our membership week, so it's people big, can support it. Yeah. I hope people will support the fact that we have a show like this. The Sages Among Us is, a, is absolutely key to me. I love doing it. It's I a fabulous show, Keith. Con- kudos to all of you doing this show. This is something really special, and it's you know not, not just because I'm on it. I actually n- didn't expect to be on it, but thank you for having me. And it uh, doesn't matter how long you've been involved with KVMR. Once you're part of the family, it's hard to not be. We're going to take a real short break. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're going to take a real <clears throat> short break. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to The Sages Among Us on KVMR and KCPC. I'm Keith Porter, and I'm talking today with Mikhail Graham. I'm getting to know more about this slightly weird but wonderful guy uh, <laughs> with as many connections to good things in the community about his life and his, how his community involvement makes our region a great place to live. I've only scratched the surface in what we've talked about so far, Mikhail, about your work in the community and beyond. Uh, how do you find time to do all the things you do and still be your laid-back, cool dude self? I'm working on it daily. I, I, I have to get up earlier and earlier and uh, Just go to, to bed cool. later and later. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, an, it's an interesting thing juggling all these different balls in the air. But I don't have ADD, but if I did, I guess this is a way of keeping myself uh, entertained uh, so I don't get lost in that. So what's one weird and wonderful thing you're doing that we haven't even talked about? What, 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 what do we need to know about you that we haven't oh, discussed? I don't know if there's anything you need to know you still, about You still me. punch cows and that's sort of thing? I don't, but my cousin does, and occasionally I've thought about getting together with him and heading out and uh, doing a little bit that of that. That would be a way to stay laid back, huh? Yeah, it is. It's just, again, it's just finding the time for it. Now, I love getting out and hiking, going out for a long drive. I uh, went up to the Buttes the other day, Sierra Buttes, which was wonderful on Sunday, and just to be out in a way where it's quiet, you hear the wind blowing in the trees. I love the solace of that it's wonderful yeah do you ever consider living any place besides nevada <clears throat> county i mean you've traveled around and all that sort of thing if you had to live somewhere else yeah where might it be uh there's a couple of places that come to mind three actually um uh, probably in greece would be one of those places that i would uh, think about and berlin germany 
So there's kind of like Greece, if you've never been there, the places that I'm, I know of are more like going out way beyond Downeyville and Sierra City. It's that kind of Greece. Berlin is the heart of the strange world that's out there, and I love that. So those are two places that readily come to mind for me. To relocate completely, I don't know that I could ever do that. I don't know that I might, I might, might not. Australia and Paris probably be the other two places. Really? Now, having uh, spoken so glowingly of those places, now I'm worried you're not going to leave Nevada County, are you? We'll see what happens in the coming years. You know, I've, I've got a lot going right now between KVMR, a lot of things we're doing here, and with the Center for the Arts, we have a huge renovation that I'm very, very deeply involved in. And uh, I definitely got to see these things through first. So it's not, it's not any time in the next year or two. Okay. We'll see. Okay. We got that promise got a, down. You know, there, I've yeah. got up to 40 years here at KVMR. Maybe it'll be 50. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. So you've rubbed elbows with all the luminaries that have graced our community, people like Utah Phillips and Terry Riley and lots of others. What's it been like to be among such heady company? Well, the thing is, when you first meet folks like that that have been out in the world so much in such a name, it's it's definitely kind of, whoa, whoa, what's that? I'm on one hand. I, I don't have that experience with either of them. Bruce, uh, Utah Phillips is uh was a good he was a good friend um he approached me about producing an album for him and we we grew to really care for one another terry riley was somebody that um actually a former broadcaster here at kvmr uh terry marquez who used to do a great jazz show kind of turned me on to terry in a big way back about 1978 i knew of him before that but i wasn't paying attention uh, then he played here at the Nevada Theater, um, did a, a show with Masa Snyder, Gary Snyder's former uh, wife, and um, I, I kind of said hello to him for a moment. Um, and then I was performing out at the one of the very few times I've ever performed solo out at the North Columbia Schoolhouse for an art show, and I was just playing in the corner on keyboards, and Terry came up and said, hey, I really like what you're doing. We should work together sometime. And that was almost 40 years ago. So we've been working together for a good 37 years or so. You might be getting closer to Social Security than I was thinking. <laughs> well, let's just leave it that I was very young when <laughs> I uh, started here at KVMR. Uh, yeah. So you choose to live here and work here, and I know some of what you do you have an income from. An awful lot of what you do is just volunteer. Why, why do you do that? What do you personally get out of your work in the community, paid and unpaid? I feel like it's the least I can do to give back. Um, I've been blessed pretty well in my life. Um, I'm not, you know, crazy rich or anything like that. Those opportunities kind of, whatever, I've looked at them from afar. But the, the, that all aside, there's something about just uh, the way people's eyes light up, the way it makes you feel inside when you do something that makes people feel good, but it also makes you feel good. I guess... I could just say nothing more than community needs community. You you got to be a part of the community to really make a community work. And it just uh, when I stopped traveling after nine eleven, uh, which we won't have time for, but essentially that's when I thought, what can I do for my community? And uh, I knew how to do a lot of things that people didn't even know because I'd been traveling and living elsewhere in the world. And, uh, it, you know, it took over for five years or so managing, co-managing Coopers with my old partner, uh, Rick McKinsey. We had a big fire at Fire Tux. Immediately it was obvious what to do. Let's put on a benefit and help these people. Friend had a heart attack. Let's put on a benefit and help him. Uh, friend cut off his thumb. Great musician. Let's help him. 
And then when Bruce and uh, Joanna came along and, and started uh, Hospitality House, you know, the beginnings of that suggestion from my friend Maggie McCaig was made about, well, what if we did a little benefit to help uh, help them get started? It was just obvious. I mean, it's just, you know. Is that, I, is that how the night of giving then? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of how it began. They had started it. Maggie came to me and said, you know, Bruce and Joanna started this thing. Maybe we should do something. And so I put on a little thing at uh, Cooper's, and we raised about $11,000, which I was kind of just jaw-dropped. So obviously it was time to move it to the foundry. And that was, in, you know, 13 years ago <clears throat> and been doing it ever since. And it's just... I, I'm, I feel, to be honest, I know you make it sound like I'm super busy, and of course I am, but I'm very lazy when it comes to a lot of things. And if I, I always wonder what I would be like if I actually applied myself, if I actually, you know. So I take advantage of the gifts of these blessings that are given to me to, to just do what I can do for, for others. But you know what? They do so much for me. It's, it's just what goes around comes around. Goes around comes around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there an accomplishment or something that you're, you've done, uh, you've experienced that you really feel particularly pleased with or proud of in your life? Um, well, the night of giving, the night of giving would probably be one of those things. I think any time that somebody uh, gets pleasure from an event that I've had a hand in or performance I've been in or something, they all have such great magic, you know, they all have such meaning to me. And I'm, I'm just, I'm grateful that I didn't choose a path that I've had some friends that I grew up with kind of chose a different path and, and got a little lost. And I'm grateful that I never did. I, I didn't get lost. I had my opportunity in the 70s where I won't go into all the details, but let's just say I had some hard knocks and, um, I was able to overcome it, and I'm really grateful for that and blessed with being a survivor as opposed to a, uh, yeah, a victim. So I was going to ask you if there's anything you'd care to discuss that you would consider a mistake or something you would have done differently if you could do it all over again, and you talked about your experience in the as 70s. Much as, as much as I'd, I'd, I'd like to, uh, would, I could do that, wondering back about things that I would have done different is like creating a, a whole nother path of reality because it didn't happen. And this is where I am. And I'm really working on being as grounded and as clear with where I am as opposed to where I could have been because you can get lost in that. So not to, of course, there's mistakes I made. There's, there's loves, there's losses, there's uh, business decisions. There's all sorts of stuff like that that I would probably do different. Um, would have bought more stock here and there. I would have done this, would have done that. Some Bitcoin maybe. Maybe some then. Bitcoin yeah. when it was offered to me. I, if I would have taken that job at Apple, uh, who knows where I would be now. But I wouldn't have had the experiences that I've had here. And I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't be sitting in this chair talking to you and doing all the things that I've done. So well, this go. is where I'm supposed to be. Is there any part of what you do in the community that you really don't like to do, but you do it anyway because it's important? Not really. Not really. So. No, I'm not. I'm not into really taking my time and throwing it into things that I don't care for. When I don't care for something, I will make it known, much to uh, the chagrin of others. Sometimes that you know, I'm I'm on. I'm going to be honest. This is how I feel, and this is what I sense, and this is. What it is. If I don't like something, then I'm going to say, "Let's find a solution to make it better," as opposed to complain about it and leave everybody hanging on. Well, what do we do now? You know. 
What's the organizing <clears throat> principle of McHale? What What is it that ties everything you do together? I mean, you, you're, you're involved in a lot of disparate things, roughly around music, but not yeah. the KVMR broadcasting is not all about music. So what is it that really pulls all together for you? Uh, how can I make this work that's going to be the most benefit to everyone involved? How can I bring in, like with Night of Giving, people say, you're crazy, you got 40 performers, how are you going to make that work? And it always does. And it's not because I can do more. I mean, I did, we did one, uh, when we did the Sunset to Sunrise Peace Vigil back in 2005, I think it was, um, I put that together with Terry Riley and uh, Utah Phillips. I had over 80 performers, and we did that in 24 hours. And it was a fantastic, incredible event, all documented, by the way. So for me, the, the, the unifying spirit is how is this going to work that's going to benefit the whole? What's going to be the most, uh, the way I can schedule things, the way I can bring people together that haven't been heard, that have been heard to offset those that, you know, aren't lesser known by more known? How can I take advantage of where I've uh, gone to in my life to, to maybe help the situation? You know, mm -hmm. I, I guess that's maybe that's, I don't know if that's exactly it, but that's kind of where Close it comes enough, from. Huh? Close enough. Okay. Well, you <clears throat> talked about how important music is to you. Why? What do you think is the benefit of music to a community? I mean, some people aren't as enthralled with music as probably you and I are, as we've expressed. But nonetheless, it does something to community. What is it? Well, to me, music opens up the heart and the soul. If nothing else, uh, you can hear a song that you haven't heard for 50 years. You can hear a song you haven't heard in, in 10 years, whatever, and suddenly you're back in that place. You see it happening in Alzheimer patients now with the therapy they're doing there, which is fantastic. Our I, own Jenny Michaels involved in that you know, program. which is I listened cool. to part of your beer show yesterday. <clears throat> you ran a hams commercial. There you go. So and you remember. I remember that from remember probably that. 12 years old. So take that and extrapolate everything from that point forward, you know, of what, how sound works with you. Smells, sounds, tastes. For me, a world without art, a world without music is uh, dangerous, and it's not a place that I want to be, uh, and so I want to help keep it alive as much as possible. I think when you see communities failing, it's when they cut the arts. Um, I think there has to be a balance between the two, but a lot of people are shut down in their heart. A lot of people don't have... Uh, they had energy running through their body that keeps them grounded to the Mother Earth, is whatever you want to call it. And music opens you up to that. It opens you up to the, the heavens. It opens you up to hell. It opens you up to the experience of really feeling. And I love to feel. There's nothing, nothing I like more than feeling. So we have a lot of a large number of nonprofits in our community. Some some people feel there's too many. They're competitive yeah. for money or yeah. attention and that sort of thing. On the other hand, other people feel like that's a dynamic, uh, wonderful expression of a community that's vital and, mm -hmm. and and growing and emerging all the time. What's your view about the well? I'd, I'd I'd have to say both sides of that coin uh, resonate with me. Sometimes I just think there was a time when it was simple to find out what was going on in this community if you wanted to go out now. Now you need a spreadsheet. There is just so everybody's a promoter. Everybody, and I think you know, um, it's tough. It makes it hard for a lot of the ones who are really struggling to to get by. But I, if you have a vision, you need to be able to have it a way to express it. And if a five hundred one three C can help do that and keep things going, and you take advantage of it right. 
the more the merrier, but let's all work together rather than working against one another. That's all I've ever asked. And, you know, uh, let's find a conflict calendar that we can all share. Let's find a way to look at what's going on so that we aren't bumping into each other when we do our events and things like that. That's, I'm, I'm going to hand you a magic wand. Okay? <laughs> How are you going to use that to improve our uh, nation and our community? What would you What would you really, ask for? Really simple for me, and it's kind of just rolls off the back of what I just said. Communication, uh, coming from a place of not what can I get out of this to what can I give to this. I think if we all start to f- to look at ourselves as being part of one another as opposed to separate entities, and I'm going to take and take and take. Once you start giving, you start receiving. And once you start receiving, it feels good. And the more you receive, the more you give, and, and on and on. It's a reciprocal thing. But if we all put ourselves, it's just like saying the left side and the right side. You know, you want to call it Democrat, Republican, or whatever. I mean, look, we're all people. I, I cannot make somebody else feel like they're wrong because they voted for so-and-so or they voted for this so-and-so. Years and years have gone by here at KVMR, and I've seen the very few Republicans and those from the right side get lambasted by a lot of the people on the left. I've always stuck up for them, not because I just stick up for the underdog, but because they're human beings and they have a point of view and I want to hear about it. One of the great lessons that Utah has shared with many of us over the years before he passed was, you know, get to know your enemy, get to know your neighbor, get to know these people. You want to find out what you don't know. You want to hear what they have to say. And I'm always looking for the the community in it. I want to find, you know, uh, where's the connectivity? Where's that common ground that we all share together? That's the best advice I could give to any of us is where's the common ground between us? Mikhail, I love talking to you, and I think we could go on for a long time, but we're going we're gonna to run out of time here real shortly. Yeah. Mikhail Graham, thank you very much for spending 30 minutes with me on The Sages Among Us. Ralph Henson, thanks for engineering tonight. We appreciate that. Thanks, Ralph. Uh, you've been listening to The Sages Among Us on KVMR-FM, Nevada City, KCPC, Camino Placerville. I'm Keith Porter. I've been talking today with Mikhail Graham about how his work and involvement in our community make this a great place to live. Thanks for joining us, and thanks so much for everything you do to make your community great.